Okay, open up your Bibles with me to the book of John, chapter 3. John, chapter 3. And this is a continuation of John 3.16 and 3.17. And then you get through 3.18. And a lot of people miss what is being said about these scriptures that's often referenced. I used these yesterday in preaching my brother's funeral. And I want to reference the second half of this in talking about something that is a, a profound human difficulty and phenomenon that goes on in all of our lives. Every one of us, there's no one exempt from this, especially before you get saved or before you come into contact with Jesus Christ in your life. But people love darkness rather than light. And people, what that is saying when I say darkness rather than light, people love spiritual darkness rather than spiritual light. And that's where the condemnation comes from. Okay, so John 3.16 and 3.17 says this, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then it goes on to say, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. But then it goes on into verse 19. And it, and it talks, you know, this, when it talks about condemnation, I want to I point something out as the Scripture references this in the book of John that condemnation isn't coming from God. It's coming from your choices that you make. Because, because the light come into the world. So I, I want to take a closer look at that as we, as we go on here. But as I said, John 3.16, 3.17. I got people texting me and all kinds of stuff here. But I'm not going to try to mess with that. But in three, even here in 3.18, when it goes on to talk about this, it says whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned. Okay? But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's only Son. And then where I'm starting off at is, and this is the condemnation. That light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light and neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest and that they are wrought in God. Father in heaven, we pray in the name of Jesus. And we ask your blessings, guidance, and leadership in today's sermon, Lord, that you have blessed me with, and that you would speak and give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And fervency in this, Lord God, that we can hear and be changed inwardly. God, guide us and lead us. Bless those that's here and those that are not. And Lord, help people to recover 
from the spiritual darkness that COVID has brought people into. The Lord, the, the, we, we ask you to help people, Lord, in their walk with you. And that, Lord, that they would feel the need to, to get closer to you in every single way in their life. And we ask, ask your blessings, guidance, and leadership in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Jesus just got finished saying that he didn't come into the world to condemn the world. And then, but what he's really saying is you condemn yourself because you don't love the light that came into the world. So, in other words, Jesus is saying this is how judgment works. So there, what we're seeing is God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. But as we're told in 18, you're condemned when you don't believe in the name of the only begotten Son of God because He is the light that God gave to the world. And so the condemnation doesn't come from God. It comes from you for not believing in what God has done. So spiritual light has come into a very dark place. Satan's job has been how to snuff out this light so that people can't see it. Well, he can't do that, right? So he directs your attention to other dark places to keep you in the dark. Imagine this very dark place, this very dark world, Imagine if you were if, if you guys have ever been in any caves or or did anything like that. Then in Mammoth Caves in Kentucky, you go down underneath and they shut the lights off and it's utter complete darkness. There is absolutely no light. Well, spiritually speaking, that's what the world was like when Jesus came into it. Yes, the sun was shining bright. Yes, you could see outside. There's plenty of of daylight and light for the natural eye, but spiritually speaking, Spiritually speaking, the world is a very, very dark, dank, nasty, cave-like place, spiritually speaking, where there is no light. Now imagine if you seen this light, you would be drawn to this light so that you would know where you're at and know where you're going, and you would be naturally drawn to go to the light. And that's what God did spiritually for people. It should be a very welcoming thing to a lost soul. But Satan comes up with all of these initiatives to keep you from wanting to go to the light. And so he makes the offer of darkness so, so man wooing to the human heart that it's very hard to give up the darkness to go to the light. And, and really, this epic conflict uh, is exactly what Jesus was talking about, or what John was talking about in his prologue in John chapter 1. And he says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Okay? The light, Jesus Christ, is again a very welcoming thing. For a lost soul, it should be. But people love spiritual darkness. Satan puts so many things in that people want for the fleshly desires that it talks about in Galatians chapter 5 that it's very difficult for them to want to come to the light. They feel like they're going to lose something. They feel like they're going to be 
uh, they feel like they're going to have to give all this stuff up that they love so much. They don't understand that the darkness that they're in is condemning them. It's not God condemning them. It's they're, they're, they're condemning themselves for the deeds that they do. So when you're in darkness, and I was once there myself, and you love, just just say, you love drinking and, and partying so much, you, you, you don't want to go to church, you don't want to go to Jesus, because you love that so much, you think you're going to have to give it up and it's going to kill you because all your friends is wrapped up in that. All the good times that you have is wrapped up in that. All the cookouts that you have is wrapped up in that. All the things you do is all wrapped up in this darkness that you live in and you think it's going to kill you to give it up you will lose everything and that's what satan that's the deal with satan that's how he keeps you in his cult and that's exactly how cults work by the way who are that are very uh, satanic in nature uh, like jehovah's witnesses they draw you in and they draw your whole family in and then your whole your whole family is a part of it and if you get excommunicated you can't no longer be associated with even your family and so people are afraid to leave it because they are afraid of what they will lose and this is the grab that satan has on a soul and this is where people are at right now. This is the day and time. This is, this is the battle. And this is why the pews are empty. Is be, because people love darkness. Darkness is a very real thing. Spiritual darkness is a very real thing. And it's very captivating. It comes in all kinds of forms. It's not just evil deeds. It's fun things. It's things that are attractive. It's things that we just love and we place our heart in it. But anything that you give your heart to that takes place over God, that takes precedence over God, you've got to get rid of that. Because that is darkness filled and can lead you from the light. The full arrival of Jesus Christ in the world signals that God has carried out His plan for salvation for His creation. That's the whole essence of the light. Light has come means that with the coming of Jesus we have these four things among many others, but these four things I listed. One, an absolute source of truth. The light of Jesus Christ has brung to us absolute truth spiritual truth that this is the way that god has made for all of creation to be saved there is no other way you can't do it your way you can't do it in a way that you plan you've got to do it god's way this is his way and it's in the scripture this is how we have to do it he is a source of absolute truth. So when the Bible says that light come into the world, that's exactly what happened. The condemnation that it speaks of is this, an eternal separation from God if you do not engage the light. People are afraid that their evil deeds will be made manifest if they come to the light. And everybody will know about it. And so they hide in the darkness and they hide who they really are in the darkness, afraid of the light. 
And that's why people don't come to Jesus. Because He's the source of absolute truth. The absolute truth meaning this, when I got saved, and I can stand here and speak on this as an authority because I'm not speaking to the condemnation of others, I know I did not want to expose myself to God. I was very ashamed of who I was and what I had done. And when you come walking into the, to the room with a holy, awesome God who has no spot, no blemish, who is full of perfect love, who is holy and righteous, and you come in there with your filth on, and I'm telling you, you look, you're being viewed by Him. It is absolutely an embarrassment to stand before a holy and righteous God when you're filthy, covered in spiritual darkness and dirt. And this is why people get so offended in Christian people. Because the light of God is in you and exposes the darkness in their heart. It's not you. It's God in you. And this is why people are so, so not wanting to come to church. Because they do not want to be exposed. They want to hide in the shadows. Even, even though they have fun drinking their beer and doing their drugs and doing their, all their mischievous deeds. Listen, they act like, they, they act like it's all fun and good and, and that's a good way to live. But, but why are they so ashamed? Why are you so ashamed? Well, what, 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 why don't you want to have fellowship with the light? Because deep in their heart, they know that the deeds are evil. And there's dirtiness there. Jesus is an absolute source of truth. Also, with the coming of the light, it, it produces condemnation to sin. Not to a person. Understand this. God loves the people for He gave His only begotten Son because He loved the world so much. But He hates sin because it's sin that condemns you. It's sin that will send you to hell. Every man and every woman is good. They were made in the image and likeness of God. It's just all these layers we put on us. It's just when you got to peel off all them layers of the onion to get down to the person so that God, guess what God does when He saves you? He peels all that stuff off of you and gets you right back to that point to where you are standing in fellowship with God, perfect and clean and washed in the blood of Jesus. The sin is cast as far as from you as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against you anymore. But people, Satan tells people that God condemns people when there is no condemnation other than what is condemned in sin. When Christ Jesus was nailed upon the cross, sin was condemned. Period. All sin. The problem is, you've got to take the sin and detach it from you in order for you to be clean. And the only way to do that is not through your good works, is not through not going to church, is not through not praying, not through not reading your Bible, but you've got to do all of that. Come to church, get saved, ask Christ to be your personal Savior, be cleansed because that is the only way that you will ever be free from the condemnation that is in sin. That is the only way. So the coming of Jesus was the condemnation of all sin. All sin is condemned. The problem is, people love sin 
darkness more than they love Jesus. The question that you people out there have to answer, you listen who, who are listening to my podcast, and hope, hopefully God calls you to open this one and, and listen to it. You have to make a choice. Who do you love more? Do you love more your sinful deeds? Or do you love more Jesus? That's, that's the, that, that is, this is the question. You have to decide who you love more. Sin or light? As for me, I love the Lord. And I know that I'm not a perfect person. And I know that I have sinned. And I know that I have fell short of the glory of God. But I tell you, I love the Lord more than than the mistakes that I have made in my life. I love Him more than the sins that I have committed. And I can't wait for the day when finally glorification happens, the last part of this whole shenanigans in human affairs is concerned with God. When it comes to salvation, sanctification, justification, and glorification, it is the final step of God's ultimate plan of salvation for us all when you will not have the ability to sin, when you are given a new body and you are recreated in Christ Jesus in heaven, then sin will be no more. And I'm looking forward to that day when the struggle is finally over. Because not only do I have to deal with the sin that's in my life that keeps wanting to attach itself to me like a barnacle on a ship. I mean, everywhere I go, there's a sin wants to get on me. You guys remember when them locusts was all flying around? They were going off the deep end. Every time I turned around, I had a locust on me. Them things would slap right into me and land on my shirt. They're just bird food is all them things are. That's like sin is. You walk out your door today and sin, you're like a magnet for sin. It's like slap, man, here's you some, man, that brewski sure sounds good today. Slap! Here comes one man to get you to involved in something else. Man, they want to attach themselves to you. Sin just, you're like a magnet for it. And you have to fight it off every day. And then not only do you have to fight off in your own personal life, but guess what? Now you're going to have to fight off the sin in everybody else's life. Because sin in everybody else's life is going to cause them to try to condemn you. Talk about you. Do evil against you. And now we have to lean on Jesus' teachings on how to deal with people who have their own sin in their own life who now want to start acting out on you or the church because of what's going on in their life. That's when we have to see, we have to see past all the layers and understand that that is a good person. They need prayer. They need to be freed from what the bondage that they're in that they don't even know that they're in. Jesus, number three, is guidance for our daily decisions. Guidance for our daily decisions. When the light came into the world, He gave you the ability to choose light over darkness. Suddenly, instantaneously, there was a choice you have to make. You have to be guided by the light. In the darkness, you are are lost. You have no idea which way you're going. He is absolutely our shepherd which guides us and leads us to where we need to go. Guidance for our daily decisions. You've got to choose the light. Which one's it going to be? One of the hardest things for people 
Listen very carefully to this. When when people come to church, there is a thing that happens that is very real. It's happened in this church. People come in and they want to be a Christian without becoming a Christian. They want to be a Christian, but they don't want to get saved. And so when you try to be a Christian without Christ in your heart, that is the hardest thing you could ever do because you are not saved, but you're trying to be saved. It's like identity theft or something. And you will never be able to accomplish it. This is why so many people, uh, Betty, come to church and then they leave church and then they don't come back or they come back and then they leave church because they're not really saved. They want to be a Christian, but they don't want to give up all the darkness in their life. They don't want to submit to Jesus Christ. And so therefore they become discouraged because they can't be what we talk about a Christian should be. Because being saved is a very real thing. Being born again is not a a, a figure of speech. It is an actual happening in a person's life. When you get saved, you completely change inside. It's not an act of your doing. It is a supernatural gift from God that happens to you. Bam! And you get saved and born again and you're a new creature in Christ. If that don't happen to you, you will terribly struggle trying to be a Christian without being a Christian. That is a very real thing. And your decision making will collapse because, man, I just, I just don't feel like going to church. I don't want to go to church. I want to go do this. Well, there is no, there is no conviction in your heart if the Holy Spirit, and, and when you get saved, the Holy Spirit of God comes into your heart and life. If you're not saved and you're trying to be a Christian, He's not there. But if the Holy Spirit is in my heart and life, He gives us the power to live for God. He gives us the desire that we need to live for God. He gives us the convictions to say no to things that we were doing that was wrong. And He gives us the ability to overcome those things. If you don't have that power of God living in you, you collapse. I see this all the time. This is probably the biggest problem in the Christian church today is people are trying to be Christians without being a Christian. If the Holy Spirit... Now, I'm going to quote right out of the King James Version. The Bible says, if a man does not have the Holy Spirit in his heart and life, I'm going to use the word, he is a bastard child. You don't have no father. Your father's the devil. You can come play church all you want, but if the Holy Spirit has not come into your heart, you are a bastard child. That's what the Scripture says. You don't have the power to live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit coming into you. And that's what happens when you get saved. Getting saved is getting your ticket to go to heaven. Getting saved is Jesus Christ coming into your heart. Getting saved is it, period. And when you come to church and you're trying to play church, but you you go home and you cuss like a sailor, and you use the F-bomb, and you use the S-bomb, and you use all these profanities, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If Jesus is in there, that ain't going to come out. And if it does come out out of habit, you should be convicted of it 
That I say this because that was one of my main issues was cursing. And I tell you, Jesus will control what comes out of your... The Bible says that a man will be judged by every idle word that comes from his mouth. If the Holy Spirit's in there, He ain't going to say things like that. So quit playing church, get on your knees, get saved. Because there's a hell coming for you if you don't. That's the bottom line. Jesus on the fourth thing, illumination to learn about God more clearly. When Christ Jesus is in your heart and you read this Bible, He will clarify what this means. Because it's He that said it. How much, I don't know how to put this. Listen, if you wrote a book, I've got friends that have written books. If you've got, if you've wrote a book and your friend is there with you that wrote the book and you got the book and you're reading the book and you look at the dude and you say, hey dude, what did you mean when you wrote this in your book? And the dude said, oh, this is what I meant when I read that, wrote that in the book. I know a guy that, that, that has done this. And when I bust his book out, and I look at him and say, hey, what did you mean by that, Craig, when you wrote this in your book? Oh, well, this is what I meant. When I... Well, Jesus in your heart will clarify what he wrote. If you're not a Christian, you don't know the author. And he won't give you the clarification or the intent or the meaning of what he wrote. And so people tell me, man, I read the Bible and I just get all confused. Hmm. Well, if the author of that book is in your heart, you shouldn't be getting so confused. Because the Bible says that He would teach us. He's our professor of this Word. This Bible does not have a lot of different intentions and meanings. It has one. It's very easy to understand. God is not, and I quote, the author of confusion. He will not offer different ways to different people. This isn't different strokes for different folks, as the movie said. This is God's way, and it's His way. There is not many ways. There is one way, and it's His name is Jesus Christ, right? you got to stop playing church and be a Christian, and He will teach you His Word. When he told his disciples to go out and make disciples, he didn't go out. He didn't say, "Go out and make disciples, and whatever feels good to them, that's good. Just just try to get them to think of me every now and again, would you?" Now, how how dumb is that? That's absolutely mindless to even think that he would do something like that. Amen. The tragedy behind this whole thing is people turn away from God's offer and instead try to use darkness to cover up their evil deeds. All who do evil hate the light. People fear exposure from the light because they're doing evil, Paul wrote. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. It's light that makes everything visible. Evil deeds are revealed by the light. So people who want to do evil must do it in the dark so that they can't be caught in the act. Many people don't want their lives exposed to God's light because they're afraid of what will be revealed 
because of the demands of the light places on them. And listen, people don't particularly want to be changed that's in the darkness. That's why it's so hard for me and you when we have family and friends who really need to be saved. And as a Christian, as a person who's been changed and born again with the Holy Spirit living in my life, who is on a mission for souls. That's my mission, is to save souls for Christ. To get, get people saved, bring them to Jesus so He can save them. That's my mission. It's critical to me that everyone that I know and love comes to Christ. But listen, the, the thing that I have learned that I have to come to understand is this. It can be very, 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 very frustrating as a pastor when you see empty pews. And when you see people not wanting to come to the light. But you have got to understand this. People don't particularly want to change. They have got to want it for it to happen. If I could have headlocked my family and brought them in here, I'd have did it long ago. But I can't. And until God shows them the need that they particularly have to be saved, until it's showed to them spiritually to where they understand that they are in darkness and their deeds are evil and they need to be changed, until God comes and shows them this, they will never want to leave their abode in darkness. They love it too much. It's where they make their money, Linda. It's where they have their fun. It's where they have their sex. It's where they do their drinking. It's where they do their drugs. It's where they steal. It's where they commit all kinds of acts of criminal nature. And they love the darkness. But until they see the need to change, and it won't be because you want them to, you wanting them to change is not going to get them to change. It's, it's, the change will happen when God shows them the condition of their soul. That's how it takes place. The Bible says that unless the Spirit woos a person, that wooing is showing a person, you need to come to Me. And I will tell you this, those that listen to this, everyone gets a chance. Multiple chances. Just hearing this sermon, there's enough Jesus preached right here to send the whole world to hell if they don't repent and ask God to be saved. But you have to love God more than you love the devil. That's the bottom line. You've got to love God more than you love Satan. Who do you love more? Is it darkness or is it light? Is it an eternity in heaven or a burning hell? Rather than giving their life to the light, these same people get threatened by, their, by our desire to obey God and do what's right. They're afraid that the light in you will expose the darkness in them. And that's why you don't get invited to things. 
That's why. Because they want to be able to cuss and swear and use God's name in vain. They don't want to feel uncomfortable because of you. They think it's you. They don't understand. It's God in you that makes them feel that way. So every time I'm not invited, I praise the Lord. Because I don't, I'm not a part of that crowd. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. But I'm coming after you, world. I'm on, I'm on a mission for you. I'm going to try to get you saved. And if you go to hell, it's by your own choice. Not by mine. 